And now this from Matthew chapter 21. Jesus is speaking and says, What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Jesus asked, what do you think? What do you think? We have to go back a little ways to know who he's talking to. In the same chapter, back in verse 23, Matthew records when Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching. The parable we have today is a continuation of this same situation. So Jesus may be talking to a broader audience, but surely he has these leaders of his faith, those who are charged with the order and of the institution of the temple, of keeping everything right and doing everything proper. These are the people that Jesus is talking with when he tells this parable today. But it's a good question for all of us who are people of faith. What do you think? We emphasize that here at Boston Avenue, that we want to use our minds, our brains. We believe that God has given these to us as a gift, and they help us grow in our faith. For several years, we've been using what we call an inspiration statement that I put in your outline today. It goes like this, a historic church for modern people. Boston Avenue Church challenges people to think deeply, grow spiritually, and love generously we think it's important that we think and particularly that we think about faith that we think and learn and study and read together we believe we can learn from each other as we engage in serious study of scripture and life and what we believe God is calling us to do we also believe that we learn from linguists and archaeologists and other Bible scholars in terms of going deeper into the Scripture, growing deeper roots in the faith, and allowing ourselves to be transformed evermore into the image and likeness of Christ. We even so, go so far as to say you do not have to agree with the leaders of the church or agree with me. In fact, we expect and we realize that we all have disagreements from time to time, but it need not sever us from the fellowship of faith we believe we can have discussions without attack that we can have debate and we can learn from each other that we can be humble as people of faith learning to live together as we learn from one another the spirit of methodism says in essentials unity in non-essentials, liberty or freedom, and in all things, charity, or you could say generosity. 
Asking questions is part of our faith journey. Learning more is the expectation, I believe, of the gospel. What do you think, Jesus asked? It's a call for us to engage in faith. Now, in this particular story today, there is a specific situation Jesus has in mind. He is talking to these leaders of the faith. He seems to be suggesting to them that they are talking about the faith, but they're not really walking the walk of their faith. He's had this discussion where they ask him, by what authority are you teaching? He doesn't really want to answer the question. He asks them a question back. They don't answer He's ready to ask a more important question through this parable. So he asked them in this first verse we read, what do you think? And then begins the parable about a man who had two sons. He goes to the first and asks him to come into the vineyard and work. What does the son do? He says, I will not go. Boo, hiss, bad son. But then he changes his mind and he goes and does the work in the vineyard. He goes to his second son and asks the same question. And this fellow is very polite. Oh, I will go. You think, yay, this is the good one. But then he does not go. And that leads to Jesus asking a second question. I put it in your outline out of verse 31. Which of the two did the will of the Father? Everybody knows the answer. They all say the first, the one who went into the vineyard, the one who did the work. That's the one who's fulfilling the will of the Father or doing the work of God, you might say. Obviously, Jesus wants to raise the contrast between saying and doing. He's going to let the audience answer the question. He tells them the story and then lets them answer the question. Which one did the will of the Father? He lets them come to a conclusion. And when they do, he's made his point. Or they have made his point for him. It's not the teaching or speaking that matters so much as it is the doing. Many people have made this same point. Reverend John Wesley, founder of the Methodist movement, was one of those. He was often under attack as leader of the Methodist movement because they were so zealous and they were doing things more stridently sometimes and more, uh, with more fervor. He was often saying back to his critics, we're only doing what's taught in the Bible. We're just fulfilling the basic directives of the gospel but at one point in his life, after being under much attack, he wrote a pamphlet in response. He entitled it, The Character of a Methodist. In there, he wrote about how Methodists believe about being saved, that we come to faith, come to salvation through grace by faith, which we talked about some last week. Then he writes about the different spiritual practices we can use like Bible study and prayer and participating in Holy Communion to grow in our faith. And then Wesley writes in that same pamphlet, lastly, a Methodist does good to all people, neighbors and strangers, 
friends and enemies and does that in every possible manner. You can hear the emphasis on doing good and doing the will of God. Earlier in the same piece, Wesley had written, the one desire of a Methodist is not to do your own will, but the will of God. Or you can hear it in the saying attributed to St. Francis, preach the gospel always, use words when necessary. Or Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, don't say things, what you are stands over you the while and thunders so that I cannot hear what you say. Or perhaps the most common adage of all, actions speak louder than words. Jesus tells these leaders, these chief priests, these people of faith, others who are listening, maybe any who would listen, this parable about a man having two sons, one who spoke well but did not act, the other who responded with a bit of a vile but then did the right thing. He seems to be saying to these leaders, you're talking the talk, you have the authority, you have the position, but you're not living the faith, you're not walking the walk. And he extends that by using the example of John the Baptist there in verse 32. After he's asked them that second question, he says, For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. Now, it's helpful to remember back in chapter 3 of Matthew, we're told about John the Baptist and how he was preaching a repentance, a baptism for repentance, that all needed to repent and receive the waters of baptism. And then John says, when you do that, you'll bear fruits worthy of repentance. Remember now this word repentance we use comes from a Greek word metanoia or change of mind. The whole idea is when we see life from God's perspective, when we change our mind, it changes our perspective and that changes the direction of our lives. It changes or it's supposed to change the way we live so we live more to God. John says in his preaching this baptism is a sign of that repentance, but you should bear fruits worthy of repentance. That is, there should be some change in what your life looks like and what you do in your life. Jesus says to these leaders, listen, the tax collectors and the prostitutes heard John and changed their lives. You heard John and didn't believe. And not only that, you saw their changed lives and you still didn't believe that God was at work doing that within them and through them. You did not believe and so you did not act. Others have believed and acted. 
I read as a teenager a book by Leslie D. Weatherhead. He was a well-known Methodist preacher in England. He tells a story when he's talking about his faith in Christ and how Christ coming into our lives changes our behavior, changes who we are. He says one of his most profound experiences of that was with a parishioner who was alcoholic and was spending all the family's money on alcohol and beginning to sell off the furniture of the house to buy more until he was converted. And then he said, the man said a most profound thing. He said, I don't know if Jesus turned water into wine, but at my house... I know he turned beer into furniture. His life was changed. And he began to act differently because of his encounter with Christ. Jesus tells another parable later in Matthew over in chapter 25 where he draws this contrast in a stark way. He's telling a parable about judgment he says the king will say to those at his right hand come you that are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me something to eat i was a stranger and you welcomed me i was naked and you gave me clothing i was sick and you took care of me I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it, to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. You can hear the emphasis throughout the Gospels on not only believing, but acting on our belief, doing the will of God as best we understand it, following Christ as faithfully as we can in all we say and do. James is another book in the Christian scriptures. It says it maybe most bluntly. He just says, faith without works is dead. That something has gone wrong if you say you have faith and there's no fruit. There are no results. There's no difference than how you were living before. You can hear the emphasis, the importance, the significance of living out our faith, embodying this love of God in our life. And our core values here at Boston Avenue, we say we develop mission partnership as putting Christ's love in action, caring for those that Jesus describes in this 25th chapter of Matthew, caring for those who are in need, those who are poor, those who've been in prison, those who are sick, those who are lacking, those who find themselves in a bad situation. We respond to them with love and care and compassion, just as Jesus spoke of. 
We develop mission partnerships with different organizations across our city and state and nation and world so that we can leverage our assets and use them in a most effective way to care for those who need extra care and support. Of course, on Sundays, we are here offering nursery and Sunday school and worship, but we're here on weekdays as well through our preschool and our after-school Sistema program, through Bible studies, discussion groups, prayer groups. You can be a part of that and let this love of God be poured into your lives. Our most recent venture is what we're calling Smiles of Faith. It's a mobile dental clinic. We have the mobile unit now. We're continuing to raise about $300,000 so that we can work with these four other churches we've identified on the north side of town to provide dental care. Did you know there's nobody providing dental care on the north side of Tulsa right now? We think we can fill that gap. We think we can go to those who are in pain and suffering move them out of that pain and while we do that share our faith with them through our actions we believe god has called us to not only gather to receive the love of god but to disperse ourselves into the community to share the love of god with others i believe it's the fruit worthy of repentance that john talks about I believe it's going into the vineyard to do the work that Christ calls us to. The good news here is that we can participate in the doing of God's work in the world. We can extend the love of Christ that we have received. Jesus says even the tax collectors and the prostitutes, even though they've made mistakes, are part of the family of God. God's love is greater than any of our mistakes. God's love gives us room to grow in our loving. Last week we talked about this kingdom of heaven and how God is more magnanimous or more generous than we are even expecting. But this week the parable calls us to do more than receive. calls us to think about what we have received, and then act to share it with others. Consider your own life and how much of your faith is saying and how much is doing. How much is talking about how much you have faith and how much is living out the faith that you have. Perhaps a good place to start would be our fivefold membership vow. All of us who are members of United Methodist Churches have said that we would faithfully participate in the church through our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. That might be a place to think about. How am I doing in each of those categories? Is my faith life full am i living out my faith in all those different ways am i faithfully participating in the life of god through the life of the congregation what do you think jesus says what do you think a man had two sons amen and thanks be to god